it's high time we do a lesson on evolution. Because by the look of it, some of your parents might have skipped that class. And file them. Welcome to the table read for PS237's annual fall production of The Devil's Reign, the 1975 church horror slash B-movie slash western <laughs> film directed by Robert Feist, I don't know how you say that, starring William Shatner in dual roles, Ernest Borgdine as Corbus, the devil worshiper slash the inspiration for Jim Brewer's Goat Boy SNL character, <laughs> Ida Lupino, and an eyeless, non-speaking or singing John Travolta, <laughs> which is a travesty, frankly. <clears throat> now, to set the scene. It's night and rain is pouring down. Crash, bang, thunder, lightning. Where is my husband? He must have died since it's raining. Oh, John, the old man who lives with my family, whose relationship is never made clear, where is my husband? Oh, my son, Mark, AKA William Shatner is home. Thank goodness. I couldn't find dad, but I'm sure he's fine. It's me, Dad. I am here, and I am not fine. I have no eyes, and my face is melting. Also, devil words. Okay, I'm dead now. Devil words? Uh-oh. Must have been something to do with the giant book that I keep hidden in our floor. Also, my husband's dead! <laughs> I'll figure this out. It's morning now. My mom disappeared and the storm is over. And the entire ground is miraculously dry. <laughs> it's the perfect time to take a painstakingly long drive into the middle of nowhere to a ghost town that isn't explained to be a ghost town until way later in the movie, even though it's pretty obviously a ghost town. It's me, Corbus, AKA Ernest Borgnine, AKA the only person in the ghost town that's definitely a ghost. Why don't you come to my church? Oh, there's something funny about this church. Funny, uh-oh, not funny, haha. <laughs> Mainly all this devil stuff is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it, and I think you should stop. Nah. In fact, I think you should join us. And if you don't, I'll make you. Dun dun dun! We cut to two doctors doing a presentation about some weird pseudoscience stuff. One of them is Tom, Mark, aka William Shatner's brother. On the table is his wife and science experiment, Julie. <laughs> I have to go find my brother, even though we don't find out he's my brother until later. But he's missing, and so are my parents! I'll come with you. I've got ESP or something. 
Tom and Julie quickly get trapped in the ghost town by the devil worshippers, and Julie looks into one of their blank eyes. Flashback to the 1600s. There are pilgrims. Corbus is there. Someone stole this book that is very important to me, even though it is not made clear why the book is important to me until later. That person must suffer. Oh no, there are angry Christians after us. Anyway, I've decided to blame you, Martin Fife, a pilgrim who is also played by William Shatner, for my lost book. I will curse you and your family forever. Cut to present day. Corbus has finished stealing Mark's soul. William Shatner now has no eyes. Remember that other doctor? Well, he's come to help out his friend Tom. <laughs> it's me, the other doctor. Without the book, Corbus can't deliver the souls to the devil. Also, he keeps the souls in a tiny TV set with gold horns on it. <laughs> Uh-oh! Corbus is back, and he got his hands on that pesky book. It seems like everyone's doomed. Mark has <laughs> possession of the Soul TV, and it appears as if he's going to deliver it to Corbus so he can finish his satanic plot. Oh no, wait, now Corbus and Tom are in an Airbud-like tug of war for Mark's affection. I may have devil eyes, but I still remember. I'm gonna smash this Soul TV and release all the souls. Smash! The moaning souls smash through the church ceiling, and now it's raining. Devil rain, get it? Because, like, the devil's rain, but also the devil's rain. R-E-I-G-N. Anyway. Oh! oh. Julie oh. and the other doctor escape while there's approximately a 30-minute montage of melting, bubbling Satan souls. We made it! No one else is alive, but we are! Come hug me, Tom! I love you! Tom and Julie hug and they live happily ever after. <laughs> Just kidding, Julie transforms into Corbus and he starts laughing his evil laugh somewhere, not the TV that was smashed, but somewhere else, I guess. Julie's soul is trapped and crying out. The end. There have been films about earthquakes, airplane disasters, and blazing infernos, but there has never been anything like the devil's reign. That wasn't your father. It was his face. The 300 year search for the power to damn mankind is over. Fools! And the towering terror of the devil on earth is now unleashed. Burn! 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 Possessed by the devil. You, my son, defiled all that is holy. Oh, my God, my God! Hundreds of souls held captive in an eternity of hell. Heaven help us all when the devils reign. Wow, guys, I did not expect a thunderstorm in Los Angeles in the middle of October. Very unseasonable. We better all take shelter in these abandoned camp buildings until the rain subsides. Let's do a quick roll call to make sure no one got lost in the storm. Greg Hansen. I found out right before we started that Ernest Borgnine's birth name was apparently Ermes Efron Borgnino. <laughs> Perfect. Mamma mia. And it comes from the Latin meaning beady eyes gap teeth. Wow. How did they know when he was that young? <laughs> no. Well, he looks like a baby. <laughs> He's reverse Benjamin buttoned his entire life. No, he never stopped being a baby. His yep. eyebrows just got older. <laughs> yeah. Casey Regan. Bunk 237. <laughs> I'll podcast however long you'd like to and come out an hour to 
an hour and a half later, depending on how long we want to record for. Exactly as I went in. Josh Roth. Who calls me from out of the pit? I think it was Jamie. <laughs> oh, hey. Let the devil's rain fall down and take my soul. <laughs> Let it wash away my sense of control. Cause I wanna serve the dark lord. I wanna chant. Let the devil's rain fall down. It's God I recant. and okay so that's our whole classroom but wait in the corner of this abandoned camp bunk it's two-thirds of the crew from the bunk 237 podcast (gasps) welcome thank you thank you yeah, you guys just interrupted our third day in our game of risk that we've been playing in this corner. <laughs> yeah, we don't go to school. We just bring our camp to school. We have one of the final girls, which sounds so much more ominous when you say it that way. Uh, <laughs> the other one is still alive. She's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Unable to be here to record. Yeah, at the time of this taping, she is. Nice cover. Oh, nice no, cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very smart. Legally, very smart. <laughs> Robin Zlotnick and Shane Segretti. Hey. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, cannot wait to talk about this movie. No, I am. I'm actually a fan of the podcast. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're a fan of your podcast. I mean, my opening thought, I guess, has to do with the opening credits. So (laughs) oh yeah, I just want to know how they commissioned Euronymous Bosch to (laughs) paint the opening credits of this movie. I could legit talk about this. This man who's shitting money in a pit. So there's an art, because people can't see, but I was really fixated on this painting of a man shitting coins into a pit while someone else makes him watch what? <laughs> he, yeah wait is the other guy barfing into the pit he has his tongue out i think oh, he's his like tongue okay. i mean i want to get into how horny this movie is this movie <laughs> is so horny oh yeah i mean you cast william shatner you better bring the sexual chemistry <laughs> oh, i feel like every time the director called cut wasn't because the scene was over but it was just to stop them from fucking yeah. <laughs> But she's Ida Lupino. <laughs> <laughs> she's got some. No, I am not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. No, no now I, you got to. Now you got to. Were you going to say she's got more holes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Oh no, guys. Oh, God. Oh, no. What is the thing? Oh, the same God. awful, awful thought. <laughs> the Devil's Reign is a is a much weirder milky white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone after a, a Satan party is all covered in goo and sweaty yeah. and just wet. This is a gooey movie. We'll get to the ending, but when I was watching the ending, I was like, oh, if only there was like the Weather Channel jazz music. <laughs> like, how amazing would that be? It's a horny movie. Guys, we are not talking about how horny this movie is. Again, you don't grease up Shatner's chest and not think it's a (laughs) horny movie. Like, they know what they were making. So the the credits open with some vague voices wailing over Bosch paintings. We get a featuring John Travolta, which is not something I expected to see in a video high movie. (laughs) 
ever. I had yeah. to Google after the movie was done to figure out who the hell he we played. We did too. <laughs> and even after it, I was still like, is that him? Just oh. wasted. Just a wasted right. mess. Well, that's the beauty of this movie because it, it so much mimics a Bosch painting, right? Like the sort of, but not like the depictions of hell or, or eternal punishment. It's like a Bosch painting because it's like a really dark Where's Waldo? <laughs> but I'm, I'm looking for John Travolta. <laughs> I'm spending the whole movie going, is that, that John, Tra- Tra- Who's John Travolta? Where's John Travolta? Oh, none of them are going to have eyes. This is going to be so hard. Damn it. It's like when fucking Waldo goes to the candy cane factory. Get out of there, Waldo. Was there thought to the reason that we're watching this William Shatner movie the same week that he went to space? No. Like his greatest accomplishment and probably his biggest failure? Is that, was that on purpose? Yes, as above, so below, you know? <laughs> he flew so high and yeah. fell so far. In 1975, he was down in the depths of Hades. And now in 2021, he kissed the heavens. God, what a journey. What a career. What a journey. I mean, it's also interesting that this is the week that a new Halloween movie came out. And, you know, the Michael Myers mask is notoriously a William yes. Shatner mask. Yeah. And William Shatner is wearing a mask of his own face in this movie. Like, they all yeah. kind of ble- bleed together at Whoa. the same time. Also, according to the IMDb trivia, I did not chase this down. I just loved it as a fact that the mold used for this was the mold that became the William what? Shatner Halloween mask. I said that to Robin. I said that to Robin. We were watching. Yeah. Is that Shatner yeah. is Mike Myers. That seems right. <laughs> yeah, how many molds of William Shatner's face can you <laughs> That's yeah. so interesting. I didn't realize it was the same mold. Oh, it's so cool. That might be bullshit, but it's definitely close. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. This is sort of like our most, it's a weird sort of, it's not just star studded. It's also like a good spectrum of stars in this movie. Like mm-hmm. we had William Shatner, who's like, according to IMDb trivia, at least he left this set to go to a Star Trek convention, like that is not a movie star. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to supplement his income with autographs. Exactly. You have like John Travolta, who is like the guy right about to break. But about 10 minutes away from being fucking Cotter. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It was so wild to know that it was him and then they overdubbed him. And I was like, well, I mean, of course they had to because he was like, Blasphemer! (laughs) Blasphemer! It's electrifying. You got Eddie Albert, who's like... Is this like during Green Acres or before or after? Like this, this would be, is uh, this would be after Green Acres. Yeah. Then or, or like Ida Lupino, who's like a, a a noir starlet, who's sort of the the shine has gone off the star. And then Ernest Borgnine, who's been literally doing insane shit from minute one <laughs> to now. <laughs> this is every type of person in a movie is in this movie. Yeah. I do want the oral history on how everyone was convinced, or you know, right. Or, or convince the movie to cast them in it, either depending on what their star power was at the time. I have to assume there was a book involved called Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at Robert Fuist's filmography, this is after he did the, the Dr. Fibes movies with Vincent Price. 
Mm. It was after and soon the darkness. Like he's a genre filmmaker of some note and some repute at this point who'd had a couple of reasonably successful films for AIP. It's like a wild thing to be like, this movie has a banging cast, a great director. It looks awesome. This movie kind of sucks. Yeah. 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 Kind of blows and made worse by the fact that it has all of these stars lined up. How did you whiff so badly? (laughs) And that made me like it less. Really good makeup. Really good makeup and prosthetics. But like, I wanted it so much crazier and it was just kind of like, or so much anything. There there were almost no choices made other than the gooey people, which is like amazing. And, like, the eyeless people could have been really creepy if we didn't spend 45 minutes looking into their eyes. It's just like, like, the makeup doesn't hold up that well. Yeah, I told Shane when we were watching, there are, like, so many extended shots that if they shortened all of them, the movie would be 12 minutes long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the movie does kind of, I mean, it's an hour 30 or, like, 85 minutes or whatever. It feels like it goes by at a clip, but not in, like, a good way. Yeah. Like, oh, it's <laughs> oh, we're, yeah. oh, it's over. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad sign to start with Bosch paintings and be like, "Well, I know for sure this will be the most unsettling images in the movie." <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, "Let's get those out of the way so that we can have a nice PG Ernest Borgnine movie." I don't know. Ernest Borgnine hugging Tom Scary is a pretty <laughs> yeah. image. It's got a great book end. Great book ends this. <laughs> the, yeah. Right. The the last two minutes of the movie is perfect and the preceding 83 are very unmemorable okay i i think i'm a little more generous to the movie than you guys well i love william shatner chewing the scenery any day of the week but he doesn't that's the yeah it's not him chewing the scenery but he's giving weird monologues which i love and ernest borgnine is off the wall. Why did I not believe William Shatner as a Christian? Like, why do I not believe it, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine as a villain? Is the I big can't right. That's what, yeah. Well, because the prayer battle is the most anticlimactic fight scene you've ever seen. <laughs> well, you know, if Ernest Borgnine was selling me on Satanism, he's so charming and weird. Yeah, I'd probably join. Like, <laughs> you'd be hypnotized by those eyebrows. I'm sorry, he is too cute as the devil. Yeah, yeah. Like, with this little yeah. weird goat button nose. It was like a Jim Henson puppet <laughs> like effect. It does not look scary whatsoever. Yeah. I wanted to put him in my pocket. Yeah, you're in the it. oubliette and you turn around and you're like, oh, it's Ernie! <laughs> <laughs> he definitely like when that reveal shot happens and he lifts his head up. An audible aw came out, <laughs> out of my mouth. Yes. Guys, I really liked this. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I really Get liked Get me away, it. Satan. <laughs> Maybe y'all just didn't have an immediate emotional connection to William Shatner. I don't have it because of Star Trek. I have it because he he's just fascinating. It's fascinating <laughs> to watch because he's like a shorthand for a joke about a bad actor. But I, I don't think he's a bad actor Uh, more than maybe any other famous performer he needs a william shatner shaped hole to fit into in a story like Mm -hmm. he cannot do anything like starting a movie like in media rest is like great if you can immediately characterize the people So that you're like, oh, I see this whole life stretched behind them. But when he walks in, I'm like, oh, William Shatner's here. Cool. (laughs) William Shatner. I I guess I and my brain has to then go, that's William Shatner's mom. And that's William Shatner's (laughs) grandpa. (laughs) 
servant. Grandpa servant. Grandpa Familiar. Servant. Uh, <laughs> Renfield. Uh, but at least it didn't make the decision of like other horror movies to be like, all right, the first 15 minutes of this thing should just be William Shatner's normal day. <laughs> Personally, like I like a movie where you get to know a character so that you start to like them so that you care about them. That's a thing. Oh, so that there I... are stakes. <laughs> nah, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, they drop every character like a hot potato for another character. It's like they see a new shiny thing on the side of the road and they're like, oh, that one, that one. No, I'm bored with you. Oh, look at this Listen, one. One thing is consistent and it's Ernest Borgnine, or the only time they get bored is to turn him into Ernest. Ernest Borgnine Goatman. <laughs> then we'll turn Julie into Ernest Borgnine. Actually, this whole movie should have just been every character turning into Ernest Borgnine. I would yeah. love that. Being Ernest Borgnine. Being Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> I hear you, Greg, about- Just me, though. Nobody else. I, I, I can't hear anyone else. I hear you guys about, like, maybe you didn't care about William Shatner's character. But I I posit, I don't know what scene would have made you. <laughs> no, I, really, it's just a question of why did we start with him if he's not the main character? Like, yeah. It's just the right. order of information. Yeah, All yeah. the elements are there. It just right. needed to be reordered. The flashback needed to happen earlier. It is our Euronymous Bosch painting. Is what it is. Yeah. It's everything thrown there. There and you just gotta look in yep. the right spot. And you're like, Absolutely. oh, wow, oh, that's sweet. Man shitting coins. Oh. Yeah, there wasn't enough man shitting coins is the problem. If yeah. this movie had more man shitting coins, I would be here. And maybe there's an R-rated cut that has a lot more coin shitting that I'm excited Release for. Release the coin shitting cut. <laughs> okay, the opening of this film is wild because... We jump in. Mrs. Preston, who is William Shatner's mom, is looking out a window. A person of indeterminate relation to her, Jonathan, brings her tea. There's a rainstorm. William Shatner comes inside. Mark! I got as far as Simpson's Bridge. When what's left of it, the river's about swept it away. He couldn't have just disappeared. He couldn't. He probably pulled up someplace to wake the storm out. Mark, don't think I'm a fool. Please listen to me. Please don't. It's my dream. I know, I know your dream. Will you listen to me? It's the same. Night Night after night. night. Yes, I know that, Mother. I don't want to hear any more about it. Mark, listen to me. It always starts the same way. It starts with a storm, and then your father... Father is all right. They look outside, and they find his dad melting in the rain, talking about books, Corbus, and the desert. And his last words are, in the name of Satan in Latin, and then he bubbles into some goo. And this is eight and a half minutes of just <laughs> nonstop craziness. It's a strong opening. Yeah. <laughs> well, what were y'all feeling while the dad was melting? Loved it. I loved yeah. the visuals. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. makeup is it, phenomenal. I, I, it was unbelievable. All those moments lost <laughs> like goo in the rain. Time to die. <laughs> I love that there are these like putties that show up to be like melty fodder <laughs> for the movie. I was into it. I was just confused about why the oldest man on earth and Ida Lupino were hanging out. Then... <laughs> there were so yeah. many questions. Yeah. Why is William Shatner wearing a vest and a cowboy hat? <laughs> that was, oh, the hat work that he did. <laughs> oh. His like, that was like his like Brad Pitt eating in oceans. Like he just was, they gave him the hat. 
And he was like, ooh, my character has something to do. (laughs) (laughs) There is no explanation to any detail in this movie until 45 minutes after it should have been revealed. I literally wrote seven minutes into the film, did we miss a whole movie? (laughs) (laughs) He literally paused it because we were like, is this the beginning? It is fucking wild to start a movie at the second act break and then then go back and do 45 minutes of the like character bible that the writer put together to then end up at a goo fight (laughs) my only pushback on this is i feel like what i what you don't get a sense of in this movie is who the characters are at all and that i don't care <laughs> yeah. You gotta push it on a photo of the dad who has melted, the mom who's been kidnapped, the Shatner who's gone, and the hero Tom Skerritt. <laughs> I can't blow past two things: uh, William Shatner screaming Corbus like Khan. Yes, Corbus! God damn you! You can watch him in his mind saying, "Don't say Khan. Don't say Khan. Don't say Khan." It's, Which is wild it's because it's still about six years away before <laughs> Wrath of God. Right. Yeah, way before. It's beautiful. Uh, but also, he his mother gives him a big yes. Flava Flav amulet. Yeah, the Demon Knight amulet. What happened to that? This is important in that it's not important. Yeah, yeah. you did not have to stop yes. action no, no, to bring this up. I did. We did not. <laughs> because I love it and it doesn't come back. Yep. Yeah. Ever. Well, she says Corbus can't clone you while you're wearing this amulet, which I don't think cloning is oh, what. Oh, did she say clone? I thought she said harm. I she, I, she said harm? harm? I heard clone. That okay. would have been so, so much better. Shatner versus Shatner. That would have been a better movie. <laughs> Jamie had a vision. I'm going to have to backtrack because what I interpreted that was because like with the putty and the voodoo dolls, like what? Corbis creates a new vessel from their essence and that's why they're melting the rain. No, so, but weirdly, like, I think it's the opposite uh, of that. They need the body's ass. No, you're right. No, that makes sense. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I like where you're Jamie going. Jamie was just operating on a Rita Repulsa type situation. Yeah. I was. I was. But he walks out, finds a wax figure of his mom. Yeah, I was sort of on, I didn't hear the word clone, but I sort of expected, oh, these are waxy figures in place I of think the people. the mom, too, when the dad melts, says something like, that wasn't him. Uh, maybe it's just the body with the soul put in the TV. Maybe it's like, that's right. not him. That's his soulless uh, uh, Right. Okay. Him, him is the soul. say the second part. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, sure. Part of the problem is that I have no sense of uh, why any of these things matter to anything else. Like, they say <laughs> the amulet will protect you. And it's like, okay, then why don't you have a shitload of amulets? Why don't you... <laughs> mass-produced fucking amulets like this because you have 300 years. Figure out how to make a few more of these and then just line your fucking living the room amulet, with them. But clearly Boom. the amulet is a placebo because he, it does nothing when he uses it later. No, he, no, he loses it. He, like, yeah. throws it away for some reason. Like, wow, okay, great. I only need one thing. I should lose it. Be- well, because the devil tricks him. He transforms he, it into a snake. At what point? <laughs> I said... <laughs> oh yeah 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 
Because it was 1975, so I <laughs> he threw the snake, and I went, oh, he probably really threw that snake. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. Just hugged that snake. Listen, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was turning a protection amulet into a snake that scared the person into throwing the protection amulet on the ground so he was no longer protected by the protection amulet. Also, it wasn't a snake. What a trick. That was a pretty good trick. Also, if he can turn it into a snake, it's not protecting no. him. No. <laughs> well, it's because we learn that in Christianity, gun is their religion. Is that your faith? <laughs> yes. Right, right. Not, not wrong. So, so far, this movie is pro-Satan, anti-gun, yep. kind of anti-religion, yeah. Pro truck, anti sedan. Yeah. <laughs> the sedan <laughs> blows the fuck up. That truck keeps going. And sort of science neutral. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. science doesn't win, but science does help and then just walks off. <laughs> like when, when Shatner goes outside and all the lights in the house flick on, like intermissions ending. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they walk in. The house has been turned over. Mom's been kidnapped, and John's been strung Long up by his down. ankles, like uh, the guy getting flayed in uh, Hieronymus Bosch's *The Last Judgment*. Hey, we got right. we got we got artistic references, y'all. It's movies. <laughs> when they were out there, they might as well have been like Hanna Barbera, like bong ding bong bong. Like there's like <laughs> like anything is happening in that house. Yeah, this movie also posits an insane amount of power by the hands of the Satanists, who never at any point ever think to look on the floor. No. <laughs> yeah. So Corbus's whole goal in this entire movie is to get a book. A book of indeterminate power in nature, which is hidden under the floorboards of this old woman's house. How they kept it for 400 years, I don't understand. <laughs> I, like, Did they move? They explained this in a close-up. It was under a loose floorboard that itself was underneath a nightstand that itself was underneath a Bible and crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> the Satanists okay. couldn't get to it. It was protected by Christ. Except he knocked everything over. <laughs> Except that. Except point. that when they cut back in. Because Shatner like, leans down into a close-up and behind him is a crucifix. God, the cinematography in this movie was pretty good. I really liked it. <laughs> God, it was Big pretty good. Big setup for pretty good. The last bit of that scene that we have before our hero Shatner and Shatner's hat right away <laughs> is John going... No faces, <laughs> which is very misleading because yeah. really that's all they have left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. could make the argument that the Satanists are only faces. All we see of them is a, is a black hood and their eyes are gone. He was actually just saying that he really doesn't like Rod Stewart's old band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had earlier that day told his friend that his favorite John Cassavetes movie was Killing of a Chinese Bookie. And then <laughs> in that moment he went, no, faces. No, faces. <laughs> <laughs> It was a long walk, Casey, but I appreciate it. It was a long walk, much like the long drive that William Shatner takes. Uh, so, so fucking long. So much time to get there. It, I, I think there's one thing that drives me crazy and is, I think, a staple of really, really bad filmmaking, which is watching cars get to places. I think you can always track, if, if you spend a prolonged period of time watching a car go from point A to point B or park, you know it's not going to be a good movie. Josh fucking 
hated Easy Rider. <laughs> I fucking hated Easy Rider. <laughs> but I, I'm sort of delighted by it because I know it was probably the crew's favorite day. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you've been driving a ways. Are you lost? No, I'm not lost. Use some water? It's bitter. Sweet way to end a thirst, though, isn't it? It's like the next day after the rain and after the Melty Dad, and we go to the Spawn movie ranch, and (laughs) and it's just a a ghost town in the middle of the desert, which of course screams Satan. Yep. And Ernest Borgnine shows up seemingly having not left the set since the Wild Bunch wrapped, Mm. (laughs) (laughs) which is like a funny nod, but then to just keep, I don't know, again, a movie that like is trying to set up a, a lot of atmosphere, but doing it on a on a studio backlot of a western truly just <laughs> undercuts that for you me. You work There's with nothing... what you have. We're lucky yeah. it wasn't like New York Street at Universal. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been creepier. That's like, that's Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> right, fair. <laughs> right. I mean, there was a New England church that we found well, out that is what, a New we England get church. Into that was what? Okay, yeah. So the New England church. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, there's Stop. so much. She hasn't Stop. yielded her time. Let's go back to the 1600s. <laughs> there were a bunch of pilgrims. Did this family move from the northeast? Was the pilgrim time in you know in the 1600s flashback? Was that in the east? Or were it there, had to be, right? Are, yes? they pos- are they positing that there were Western pilgrims? <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a movie about Western pilgrims. <laughs> Fucking John Wayne being like, howdy, pilgrim Satan. <laughs> <laughs> this family at some point packed up and moved west and was like, oh, don't forget the devil book. Yeah. We gotta bring that with us. It, they, it seems like they brought the church with them, right? No, yeah, I, I think we're meant to believe that Corbus traveled would not only through time, but also 1,500 miles. <laughs> Maybe that's what took him 300 years. Yeah, what was he doing for 300 wait, wait, years? Wait, wait. He was moving church? the church plank by plank. Corvus, I'll face whatever you have behind those doors and come out exactly as I went in. A challenge? My faith against yours. Uh, Mark challenges him to a faith off for his parents if he wins. <laughs> uh, faith slash off. off. Faith off. And, it's, and it has John Travolta. So yeah. we're here. Yeah. yeah. And there are no faces, but maybe faces. The staging of this is wonderful, though, because they're also having a monologue off. I love Where they're that. both just like walking towards the camera and monologuing and not actually addressing the other person. And then one will overtake the other and start monologuing themselves. Like, this is a long way you guys are walking towards camera. But I just love watching charismatic actors make absolute nothing dialogue sing. Is that what that scene did for you? Then, yeah, I just like their sort of little cat and mouse. Now, they weren't saying anything. Anything. Nothing was being said <laughs> of import, but it was just like, yeah, watching that the way they that Ernest Borgnine kind of like creeped down the sidewalk. I'm glad he didn't play it from a heavy 
Like he didn't try to like yeah. do it heavy. He did it cute. He did it adorable. You they were saw flirting. It. They were basically yeah. flirting with oh, each other. Yeah. Exactly. That, and here's the thing. If they had played that up, it, again, in the way that like the creepy shit about Rosemary's Baby is how nice everyone is. Mm. Yeah. Is this sort of like being lulled into a false sense of security? But they don't play that up. They go like, no, Ernest Borgnine is scary. And you're like, but he's not. <laughs> right. I don't, do I believe him as a Satanist? No. no. Do I believe him as a villain? No. He looks like he, you fucking tickle him and he's going to yeah. be like, oh, okay. <laughs> he's got strong Pillsbury Doughboy energy. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, no. He is, I promise. Uh, look at his makeup. And you go, but that's not scary either. They're like, no, no, no. no. I, by the end, you'll you'll believe it. And I go, but I don't. And they're like, shh, the movie's ending. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the photography for this movie. There were a handful of shots that were breathtaking. And the setting, I mean, like, setting it in a desert is, at its surface, a very cool idea. But the movie shot in, like, two, three, five beautiful Western vistas. But the movie is supposed to feel claustrophobic. Like, mm. they've made it too pretty to feel desolate. And so you're like, wow, that's a really beautiful sky. I'm not paying attention to the action. Right. <laughs> yeah. And also, instead of like leaning in and being like, yep, the devil's in the West, they're like, this is a New England church that just popped up here somehow. <laughs> and that's wild. Also, the Baphomet in the church looks like a rad pinball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. I was like, I'm sold. I want to hang out in Satan's rumpus room. It it really did make me want to join their satanic cult because every other character like their color palette is just muted. It's farm core. It's boring. <laughs> Ernest Borgnine shows up in this bright, beautiful oh. red robe. Oh. The stained glass behind him, all the colors, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. these guys are better. Shane, you're right. Like they, these colors yeah. are so beautiful too. It does. It do, I think it's I I think we're supposed to think these are the good guys. <laughs> It looked I, like the best nightclub I would never go to. Shane, I'm going to tell you, this movie's technical advisor was Anton LaVey, so he did his job. He recruited you to the Church yeah. of Satan. Welcome. Yeah. Which is so funny because it's like the movie uh, like seems to be anti-Satanism. Oh, yeah. But Anton LaVey <laughs> knows there's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> bad it, yeah. it, it claims to be anti-Satanism, but the Christians are so ineffective. Like, William Shatner yeah. literally shows up and is like, I can beat you. I'll take on whatever's in there. And he walks in and he's like, nope, never mind. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love the shot when he tries to fucking break away. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's fucking sprinting down the ghost town, just like shaking Satan's defenders, like stiff-arming people. <laughs> he's at the 20, the 10, the 6, the 6, the 6. <laughs> My favorite is when he gets to his car and he opens the door and he's like, oh, nope, there's a Satanist in the driver's seat. I can't use my car. <laughs> okay, so Casey's talked about this in other episodes, which is this, like, idea that a lot of movies and especially a lot of bad movies give you a sense of like here's a moment of better movie but we're just not going to give that to you and that whole scene seemed to be that where, where it was like we're 10 minutes into the movie and we have ostensibly the showdown between the two main characters yeah. <laughs> and it's okay you've got to go into this church which is which is of course mystical and you have to have a battle of will against the ultimate arc devil, like ultimate evil. 
my mind was this movie, we're going to get an hour 20 of the tribulations, basically like Dante's Inferno. Sure. Like yeah. him, him going into the church and having to fight an onslaught of, you know, changing scenes, basically like a Bosch painting, like just like going through like these horrible scenes. No, we have that for like two minutes, and then he's like, "I give the fuck yeah. up. And take my eyes, please." Like, yeah. and then fucking Tom Skerritt shows up, fucking Ringo Starr in Death Wish, like, <laughs> just like wearing two fucking popped collars, and I was like, "Who's our main character, and why are we here? Why did it, why did Anton Lavey say yes?" to helping with this movie because it sure seems like a whole bunch of malarkey and I imagine he's just like, I gotta eat somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, while Satan offers you a lot of treasure in the afterlife, I imagine... <laughs> San Francisco was still expensive in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Beelzebub don't pay the Beelzebills, you know? <laughs> uh, Dr. Richards, you mean she's controlling her body through willpower alone? Our experiments would indicate that there's nothing in the subconscious that cannot be raised to the conscious level. Nothing, doctor? What about parapsychology, telepathy? Can that be controlled too? Yes, I include that. Extrasensory perception. Dr. Preston, isn't there a danger that these experiments could interfere with normal brain activity? No, 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 no. We've uh, studied many cases like this one. There's no reason for concern at all. If there were, believe me, my wife would not be involved. Judy is having a trailer flashback where she <laughs> trailer sees... fast forward. Yeah, she's watching. She has this whole monologue <sighs> about watching a movie and acting in it. The and then they meta... show us the movie we are watching and she is acting in. I lost my mind. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> am I acting in a movie that I'm watching? Are are we all actors in a movie? Is anything real? Damn. We get flashes of later Ernest Borgnine as an adorable goat man. There's, I think, some melty faces in there. It's just the rest of the movie. She does sort of keep doing that too. She then is the one who goes... Oh my, hey, this is a New England church out in the desert. That's crazy. Basically going like, hey, look at this set they built. <laughs> she is both Uatu the Watcher and IMDb trivia rolled yeah. into one. Oh, oh, I'm looking into this random guy's eyes and watching an entire scene that will give us the exposition for what this movie's about. That was helpful. Okay. <laughs> thank God for Julie. Yeah. Could you imagine if we no. did not have her exposition to rely on? The biggest note I wrote down for Julie was in the close-up shots when she's on the table. I'm like, man, her hair looks so great. <laughs> this movie explains so little, but then takes time out of its runtime to tell us why Julie could get these flashes because it's like, oh, it's ESP related or whatever. I was just like, wait, this is actually something you don't need to yeah. explain. This this could be explained in easy magic. The stakes of why it matters. He's like, I have to get the book, okay? And I was like, that's not cool. Like <laughs> trying to just like get a book for an entire movie is a boring plot. Whether or not Ernest Borgnine gets a a book, a Rolodex basically is <laughs> needs some amount of explanation that I don't get. Yeah. And then they're like, but also she gets to see exposition because she is a psychic. I was like, I don't need that. We're it's no. movies. Yeah. This is what happens in movies. That was just somebody heard that somewhere. 
in life. <laughs> and we're just like, ooh, that would be great. To... It just made me not trust Dr. Sam and anything yeah. that he was saying. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> who yeah, who yeah, really yeah. is the only person who actually does oh, yeah, anything, anything in the movie. Anything. Or, or at least tries to. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of reacting, Tom did literally nothing the entire movie. I saw them. We're going to find out what happened. I want you to listen to me and listen to me very carefully. Uh, uh, Dr. Richards is coming tomorrow. Now, I want you to tell him everything you've told us and tell him that we're going to Redstone to find my brother. Dr. Richards, you're coming here tomorrow and, and you're We've going gone to, to Redstone? Redstone? And tell him everything you told us, all right? But it is a wild decision to make him completely both ineffective and ineffectual because I like Tom Skerritt. He doesn't have much to do and they bake in some reason why Dr. Sam can't go with him the day of and so he can have exploits without him for seemingly no reason. And Dr. Tom then tells Wino Santa all the important information to tell Dr. <laughs> Sam, which feels really ill-advised. Yeah, yeah. Just like, be like, yeah, you got it. You you look like you're about to fall the fuck over. Tell the doc everything you told us. Yeah, yeah, shamble, mumble, just like that. Oh, did you shit yourself? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Stay just like this for when the doc gets here. <laughs> they go into the church. They find Mark's shirt all torn up. Their car explodes outside. Their car was on fire. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Is this when his shirt says Preston on the back? Yes, it, it does. Sure does. In big letters. Yes, it's sure like a fucking letterman, letterman jacket. It does. <laughs> this is his shirt. Oh, he's a Preston. You're a Preston. I'm a Preston. We're all Prestons. <laughs> That's the greatest. That's the greatest <laughs> moment in movie history. Like it was like a jersey. Like Rosebud. Like, it was like the end of Rudy. Everyone just put their Preston jerseys on this mantle. <laughs> this is this is Mark's shirt that cut to the word Preston, Preston. in fucking like just in like orange paint on a flannel right. shirt. Yeah, the things this movie chooses Wild. to lay out for the audience are the things that we can all into it. Yes. <laughs> and then the things that we can't into it, it doesn't give us. It's like, nah, nah, nah. You don't it's need also that. at this point when he's talking to the sheriff where the sheriff's like, that town? No one's been in that town for years. And oh, you're sure. like, oh, so it is yeah, supposed to be. I've seen so many people in that town. <laughs> <laughs> the sheriff in this movie is my favorite actor in the movie purely because in the background where he does that give up, like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, total noodle armed and he was all of us in that moment yeah. <laughs> he's like i give up well it's because the goddamn prestons are hounding him about parents been gone for like 12 hours meanwhile he's dealing with a town that's been ravaged by a superstorm do not look behind me do not look at the semi do not look at the dry sprawling western <laughs> landscape we have been absolutely ruined by a i mean look i will say no offense to our West Coast friends. When it does rain a little bit out there, y'all wig the fuck out. Y'all, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all you talk about for like a week and a half. It, it's true. It, it really does grind things to a halt. So, Casey, maybe. did I not tell you about the thunderstorm we had last week? <laughs> oh my God. You wouldn't believe it. The ground was wet. Eighth of an inch dropped. Yep. Eighth of an inch. <laughs> Mark's car almost runs Julie off the road. And then they like go into an old west inn, and some cultist 
who doesn't have eyeballs, but I don't understand why Demons. he has a car. He was sent to stop them. Well, to, f- to fuck with them, kind of, because, yeah, yeah, their car is uh, blown up, and the Preston Mobile, <laughs> the, the car that William Shatner drives with the fucking peas on the side. The Ghostbusters Mobile. Yeah, yeah, another, yeah another moment where it's just like, just in case you don't know whose it is, it's Preston. <laughs> Well, your name is your most valuable possession because if it winds up in a devil's book, that's ruined your life. So, like, it's very important to take ownership of your name and put it on everything you have so that you can let the world know, this is my name. I have no other. It is mine. Don't wear it out. (laughs) The witness protection program will tell you the same thing. Whatever your new name is, put it on everything. You really want, in case anyone from your old life sees you, is like, is that? Can't be. No, no, it says Preston. (laughs) He's got his name literally on every fucking thing. It's, uh, it, well, when you have your big bad saying, soon the name of Preston will be wiped out, the original should have probably been named yeah, Preston. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> or at least say, soon the descendants of Martin Fife will be wiped out. Then, which then include you, the Preston family. Which include yeah. the Preston family. Which, in case you are wondering, in a few hundred years it will split off. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Julie? What, what are you seeing? Book. They're looking for the book. They're looking for the One book. of the Aspetraeus. How so, gentlemen? The book is gone, my children. Didst one of thee fall from the favor of Lucifer? This is when Julie has the exposition flashback to how we got where we are, which is uh, Quaker's meeting has begun. No more laughing. No more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Satan's here. (laughs) And it's Ernest Borgnine dressed up in a crazy Halloween store pilgrim man local yes, production of the crucible yeah. Yeah. yes it's really yeah. black box theater crucible yeah it is <laughs> it's already a bit of a stretch to put ernest borgnine into these awesome flaming red robes and call him a oh, satanist but so then beautiful. to put him into like thanksgiving at the middle school pilgrim costume <laughs> and then be like this is our bad guy is yeah. not a great costume look well they spent all the money on the preacher's hair <laughs> that's why they didn't have a, a good pilgrim costume that preacher's hair was oh, oh, yeah. magnificent <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I really focused on the fashion on and how the hot everyone and in this movie was <laughs> everyone looked so hot in this movie <laughs> even the baking soda volcano melting people everyone just looked so hot I think even Borgnine kind of has a certain strut to him that I found like oh yeah know, I, oh yeah I, when he's by the oh, water yeah. when he's drinking the water he's he's really giving him some fuck me eyes yeah like, he is <laughs> but he but it, I I don't know maybe it's just me but he gives me like creepy uncle kiss vibes <laughs> <laughs> mostly yes and I thought yeah. oh Ernest Borgnine as a satanic cult leader he's gonna look wacky that's gonna be I can't wait to see this guy and then when he steps on the scene just in like denim and flannel and be like hey stranger <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah. hello. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, Ooh, what movie are we getting into now <laughs> yeah. vengeance will be mine vengeance will be mine he was he was he was oh, they were all burning no. Julie Julie 
And then we cut back to Julie, who's seeing this all through fire inside of the guy's eye sockets, which uh, was neat. I think much like society in the 70s was anti-Satanist. Y'all have a a prejudice against the devil's reign that you could say something like (laughs) she saw a flashback of uh, Puritans burning Satanist on the cross in the flames of a guy's eyes. That was neat. That's, that's <laughs> good. Devil's Rain delivers sometime. I never... No, let's do sometimes. The whole time, though, this whole flashback, he's like, I need the book. I have written down three different times on one page. Why does he need the book? He doesn't need the book. He has all these followers. He yep. doesn't need the book. And it is not explained why he needs the book until way after this. Yeah, yeah. it's so, so much for, later. I was so distracted by why does he need the book? He needs, he wants this book. Does Julie tell Tom any of what she no. saw? No, no. As I fan, you don't Oh my need it. God, she doesn't. No. Right, she doesn't She's like, I saw everything. And then he's like, okay, well, you better drive away and I'm going to stay here. And she's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, she just leaves. And Mrs. Preston pops out of the back seat. Or not really pops, just sort of slowly rises one out of, of the back the better, seat. One of the better back seat pops, if I'm being honest. Like, I hate that. I hate yeah. that. It's worse than the bathroom sink reveal. It is like literally oh, yeah, never yeah, yeah. worked <laughs> yeah. once ever. And not making it a pop is the right decision. That is creepier. Yeah, and it's it, creepy. It felt very much so like she took a nap in the backseat and was like, oh, the car's moving. <laughs> <laughs> And then because that's shocking, Julie crashes the car. Crash is a loose word. She rolled into a tree. <laughs> right, right, right. Tree is a loose word. That was, <laughs> that was a sad shrub in the up, desert. Whoa, wait a minute, y'all. <laughs> Shane, we just skipped over the horniest scene in the whole movie where Shatner's oh, being tortured. Wait, where Shatner almost makes out oh, with his mom. Shatner yeah. almost oh, makes yeah. out with his mom. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't have you. to talk yeah. about you, it Casey. for a long time, but I just do. No, we should devote the next <laughs> okay, hour to right, that cool. scene. All right, good. We're on the same page. Though. The torment of hell holds no terror for you. Behold, Lilith, queen of delights. He truly believes he can deny us. Show him. Shane was chanting, kiss, 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 oh, kiss, yeah. oh, <laughs> as we were watching it. So many times in this movie. That's when they're carving the pentagram into Yeah, Yeah. Mar- they oil him up first. Hold on, let's backtrack. They take out the shirt. <laughs> they oil take him up. Take it back up. to uh, one. Cue the music. Take it back to one. Casey, cue, cue the porn music. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, now Shane, I need you to describe this. <laughs> In, like, the most sexy monotone voice possible. Also, I just got to pause the music for a second. Also, I just don't, I do want to make sure everyone knows this is William Shatner we're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. William Shatner starts sauntering his way over to a, well, actually, he's forcibly, never mind, it's not very sexy. (laughs) They forcibly take him over to the altar. I mean, it was a forced saunter. Yeah, he's, like, kind of like, oh, no, don't take me, don't take me. No, don't. <laughs> my jeans are all the way up to my belly button, but my shirt's <laughs> off. Don't take me. Don't take me. He got the pentagram carved into him. Julie, they just like finger painted blood <laughs> on her chest. I yeah. like to imagine Shatner's husk of a body in the corner being like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, that was an option. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loved it. I prefer imagining Borgnine being like, I think with the broad, I should use my hands. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we kind of like did the carving, the pentagram, and no, I think finger painting on this one. (laughs) 
when there were like Temptation and they showed that girl and then it turned into his mom, I was like, finally, the movie I want this to be is about yeah. to happen. Yeah. Behold Lilith, queen of delights. And it's just this sexy lady that they... Basically, they need to prepare the body. The way of doing that, I guess, is to... With a full-blown erection. That's the only way to do it. And then yeah. splash yeah. cold water on his face. Yeah. And then because it's the devil, well, you know, change right into the mom. They didn't even get down to it. It's very quick. <laughs> A very quick surprise boner. Yeah, you're disappointed that it get further into the scene. I, I mean, I feel like if this was a torture scene, right? I thought I'd think there'd be like some passion. It'd be right. like a shining situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they'd start making out, and then and then she would pull away, and it'd be yeah, the mom. yeah. No, no, it was I- instant. Yeah, it was. It, it was at even the thought of horniness. It was like surprise. It's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> you were horny for your mom. No, I wasn't. I wasn't doing anything. You were horny. I swear, you were horny for your mom. We got you. You got you. You. <laughs> you gotta give me your soul. Is this when Corvus is summons Satan and becomes a goat man? Yes. And yeah. Tom is incognito amongst the cultists for a grand total of like 10 seconds. Yep. Yes. He yeah. gets found out very quickly. And he's like standing behind his mom the whole time and doesn't see her, right? Yeah. yeah. No. That was by far the most realistic scene in the movie. Because <laughs> I hate when movies are like, I'm going to sneak around. No one's going to notice me. Clearly, everyone is standing still except one person. <laughs> Sure, but to be, to his credit, none of them have eyes. <laughs> it's pretty easy to sneak around, I guess. Uh, but cool. but it still gets found out. That's how bad Dr. Tom is at doing his job. He seemingly put on a shitload of like eau de toilette before going out because he's like, well, in case I meet the Satanists, I want him to think highly of me. And then fucking John Travolta's like, the fuck is that? That guy. <laughs> That guy's an outsider. He doesn't smell like sulfur and shit. I will say another point to the Satanist. Tom could not pull off a robe. No. No. Totally. He looked out of... Everyone else looked great in robes. (laughs) Tom could not pull off a robe. Yeah, it's because Tom Scarrett, you want all that Scarrett on the face, right? But to really sell a robe, you need the robe hood down. You got to palpatine it. You got to really cover everything. You'd imagine that at some point they were like, well, we can't can't palpatine it because then how are we going to know... It's Dr. Tom, but really they should have just done it and just had his little mustache. Mustache. (laughs) Right. No other faces had facial hair. And of course, Ernest Borgnine's eyebrows. Yeah, that is technically facial hair. The best facial hair. This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club, right? (laughs) (laughs) In thy name, let us behold the Father, the Ram of the Son. The moon, the stars, hail, O deathless one, who calls me from out of the pit. When we get to this point, the climax scene of the movie, right? There's just seemingly people walking in rooms of this movie. It's like you went to sleep no more, but you went to the wrong rooms. You didn't really follow the story. It's like, oh, wait, was I supposed to be in? Oh, shit. Julie's on the slab. Fucking Tom's sneaking about. Shatner is somewhere. Maybe a a wild Travolta has appeared. Like, there's so much going on. That is like the the plot is well and good off the rails, but Ernest Borgnine leans down, Sater Borgnine stands up, and I go, <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Devil's Reign, who have ever doubted you. <laughs> like, he looks insane. 
He looks like one of the trolls from Troll 2. Yes. <laughs> he puts the awe in fall. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's a tumness. He's a tumness. He's a tumness. He's a, tumness. He's a total tumness. <laughs> Which sounds so dirty now for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, he's a tumness. I want to fucking <laughs> rub his little tumness. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an early draft Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> so much Star Trek reference in this episode. It makes sense, it but has wow. Shatner. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And he looks over at a high priest. Oh, gold helmets? Are we talking about the gold helmets? The gold oh, yeah. penis helmets? <laughs> a really, really low budget rocketeer. That was Anton LaVey. That was Anton that was the, the, yeah, the, the man who established the Church of Satan. This is just a propaganda movie. <laughs> and I'm on board. Yeah. That means he signed off on that helmet. No, no, no. We have to assume he signed off on everything. It's the opposite. It's the yeah, it's the opposite. He went, you need to make something like this for me to win. <laughs> and they went, Are you fucking sure? And he goes, Oh yeah. <laughs> I never at any point get a sense that anybody who has been made a slave is particularly unhappy. Yeah. yeah right. Again, like we start with a Bosch painting, which is just people being dramatically upset about where they've ended up. Mm. And then we get a movie. <laughs> then we get a movie that has no coin shitting, no bird people eating. Everyone's just sort of like, I don't know. I mean, I can't see, but Ernie provides. And like, I was like, what's so bad about this? But they're vessels. They're vessels that are yes. housing demons. The souls are being tortured in an eternal television. Are they? Or are they just taking a shower? Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. And then something, something about the titular Devil's Reign that I didn't catch. Oh, I don't understand what Devil's Reign means in no, any of no context. One does. It doesn't no, no mean. One does. I think that they literally just wanted to make it clear that it was a double on top. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It was only in your script that I thought about that being <laughs> yeah, a double It didn't occur to me. I thought that was the whole point of that. <laughs> it probably was. To be but like, they Rain, failed. get it? Rain. <laughs> No, I, I think the truth is somewhere beautifully in the middle. You want to believe that the, they're just playing the double entendre. They're just not playing it all the way. But I think it's that they didn't understand the double entendre. I think they don't. I, I could believe the script was written by people who don't know the word R-E-I-G-N rain. <laughs> I think when they hear of like the reign of an empire, they're like R-A-I-N, definitely. <laughs> Sam and Tom arrive at the church house, but it's empty and they open a storm drain and find a Fabergé egg of evil that has a goat head and a TV inside and of it. And a CRTV, yeah, yeah. Showing yeah. wailing souls. Hot glue gunning is like central to being a part of the Church of Satan. <laughs> you, you do a little macrame bath yeah. of it. The souls are like in a continual downpour that I guess is the devil's, the devil's rain. rain. The, the titular devil's, devil's rain. Yeah, so that right. that's a thing. I think uh, it's all just a metaphor for the crisis of acid rain in the 70s mm. in America in the world. Like More I think like it's a an metaphor. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's an environmental message at its heart. Yeah, you know? like Star Trek 4. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is where I would agree with Shane that there is some amount of horniness because I do find that they go into the church and then they find Satan's manhole <laughs> <laughs> and they extract like an egg and it does feel very yeah. fertile. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. 
souls. Possessed by Corvus for 300 years. From Wellington until now. The devil's reign. Uh, and then they, they see the cultists like marching back to the church. Sam and Tom are like about to leave. Like, oh shit. And they run back inside with the egg. And forget the one thing. And, and they leave the one thing that is the most important object for this entire movie. And what I'm baffled by is how this family at all has kept this book away from Corpus because they are useless. Like. <laughs> He gets the book because they forget it. Like, that's the whole thing is like, oh, shoot. That one thing we weren't supposed to let Corpus have, we just left on the stage for John Travolta to find. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's like if Frodo just left the ring laying at the prancing pony. They left it so obviously that John Travolta, the intern, is getting a promotion at work because he found this. And he doesn't have eyes. And he does. And he also yeah, doesn't he have that one more time. Yeah, he spots it without eyes. It's a eyes. black again, book on a black floor. <laughs> and How again, I didn't it? recognize John Travolta until we looked it up after the movie because it's impossible to tell it's him. Well, it's that's not true. Chin. He's got the chin, yeah. 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 It's just the chin. It's true. Looking he's back doesn't... on it now, it's also so painstakingly obvious because he walks into the church doing the dance from Greece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Julie is taken in on a cross to the altar. Tom tries to save her and is immediately overtaken by Again, cultists. Yeah. Tom sucks. The Preston the one family time sucks. Tom's the worst. worst. The one time Tom decides to intervene, he does it in the dumbest way possible. Yay. Yeah, we didn't talk before about how he literally washed his brother. Die. Get, yeah. 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 Oh, and do nothing about Get it. Get yeah. murdered and did nothing. Salt yep. the earth onto which the Preston family built a home. I hate them. And I'm glad <laughs> Satan wins. <laughs> Yay, Satan. Go, Satan, I say. Martin Fife, our salvation is at hand. Bring me forth the vessel. Listen. Listen to me. You have the power now to end your torment. Destroy the bottle. Without the devil's reign, he has no hold on you. You are free to choose. Aramessa was right. This is your last chance. Even lies. In all eternity, it will not come again. Free the souls and free yourself. If you destroy the devil's reign, you will wander through eternity, a creature of nothing, neither of heaven nor of hell. In God's name, Martin, believe as Aramessa believed. You can be saved. Surely Tom is the worst because Dr. Sam is the only one that really does anything. He does manage to convince William Shatner slash Martin Fife to smash the egg and release the rain. The fundamental thing that I didn't get was in the 1600s, there seemed to be a whole bunch of willing people oh, yeah. who were yeah. following Ernest Borgnine and Satan, and they were worshiping fully with their own souls and bodies. So when Mark smashes the soul TV and they burst through the ceiling of the church. Are they going up? I think they're going, they're going up. up. Yeah, I think, I think they're being released he, so that they're going he to saved heaven. Them. He saved yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. But that's not what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> 300 Ooh. years of limbo Ooh. has changed their that's mind a little right. bit. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. Just laying this all out made me realize 
The fucking Fife's slash Prestons <laughs> are the villains here. We're supposed yeah, yeah, to be I, on yeah. Ernest yeah. Borgnine's Oh my side. god! Yeah. It was really his wife, right? Fucking yeah. Who yeah. wrote that yeah. letter. Yeah. Who was like, he wanted to sell a soul to the devil and no thank you. So I'm gonna take this book. <laughs> fucking Aurora Rena Fife or whatever her name was. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, this book club is getting really scary and I don't Because the whole the whole signing the devil's book thing, yeah, that's like birthed out of a Puritan idea. It's, it has nothing to do with Satanism, the devil's book or anything like that. In Puritan days, you did sign a book at your church that was like, I dedicate myself to church. Yeah, yeah and then you have the Salem witch trials, and they were like, did you sign your name in the devil's book this time? Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And and they're like, and it's like, see you next summer, devil. <laughs> devil, you... We weren't as close this year as I was hoping. Next year, we'll we'll get closer. We'll see you. <laughs> yeah. Have a great summer. summer. Yeah, hacks, <laughs> hacks, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> the Fife's and thus Preston's holding on to the book is what was keeping these people in limbo. Yes. They yep. who yes. like Ernest Borgnine was pro- promised them a place in Satan's kingdom. Who knows? Fucking yep. Satan's kingdom might rule. I don't know. I don't, it probably does. It's probably awesome. <laughs> I mean, people shit money. People shit so. money. <laughs> we can't say it enough. People shitting money. I want it on a t-shirt. I'm thinking it's my next tattoo. Yeah. Like, people <laughs> shitting money. Uh, this really is the best part of the movie. This is just complete insanity. The cultists are scrambling to like get out of the rain. They're so all much. melting. Uh, Tom and Goat, Ernest Borgnine, have like a whole thing. That was another part where I kept saying, kiss. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. yeah. His his eye pops out. Oh, that was oh good. Yeah. yeah. The the melting effect on Goat Corbus was awesome. The melting effect yes. on everyone was really cool. Yeah. yeah, it just went on for half an hour. It's dull. All right, I'll 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 I'll, I'll give you at a certain <laughs> point there is uh, diminishing returns on the melting people, right? Oh yeah, it goes on for way too long. Yeah, yeah. The diminishing return though is the expectation at the climax of the movie. These are the the antagonists, the bad guys are getting their comeuppance, right? You want that like, oh, we followed Satan and now we're being punished. And that happens hard and quick and fun. And, and you know, we and then we out the movie, right? That's very horny of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, we have a quick climax, then a shower and the movie's over. <laughs> no, no showers, you'll melt. <laughs> <laughs> but... In a movie where the Satanists are the victims here. The Satanists are the good guys. These people have willingly given their soul to Corbus and Satan, and it is the Prestons who are keeping them from an eternity of afterlife bliss, rocking in hell or whatever you do with Satan, you know. Instead, it's not like a climactic final fun ending. We are watching, like, the death of their souls, essentially. We're watching these characters that we thought were the villains, like, slowly die. Now, how can you say this movie's boring now that I've said that, huh? (laughs) It goes on for, like, 25 minutes, that's how. Yeah, It goes on for 25 minutes, and it's not black and white that they're the good guys Yes. Well, there is a good guy. There's one character that you should care about, and, and I know we've talked about him probably more than he deserved. But John, he is the only <laughs> character anyone should ever care about. And he's, he out the, he's out the fucking and movie, he's though. Yeah, because he, he's fine. He's he, relayed, he, he relayed the information, and then he probably moved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I, I could read enough 
anti-Christian subtext in this movie to think that battering old bearded white man back there was God, and we left him. We left God behind in the first act of the movie. You are too generous. (laughs) This movie opens with a painting, Robin. This is art. (laughs) This movie let you know right at the very top, you're going to have to look at this, come up with your own interpretations, and talk snidely to people who don't get it. That's what art is about. (laughs) But also, we don't trust you to remember William Shatner's name, so we're going to write it everywhere. church explodes then julie really weirdly reaches out to tom for a ups, hug ups i want ups tom <laughs> and then <laughs> and then there's a texas switch they turn around and he's hugging corbin ah! i did like Loved that. that i, liked I that. loved that i thought that Loved was a cool that. i was like i was like yeah. great there was one they had an idea in this movie and they yeah. used it and then the credits roll over Julie stuck in the devil's awesome. reign. Where? Where is the phylactery now? Right? I don't know. Uh, the thing was smashed. The yeah, TV broke. The, smashed. the real limbo is just the gap between Ernest's two teeth. <laughs> 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 yeah, they zoomed in and that's where the devil's reign is. Amazing. Help! <laughs> oh my God. I dream of rain. <laughs> it falls on and melts my waxy skin. I live in pain. <laughs> inside a goat shaped Fabergé egg. <laughs> Rip off report card. <laughs> <laughs> The Devil's Rain ripoff report card is brought to you by the Devil's Raincoat. Never get melted again for eight straight minutes with this handsome reversible raincoat anointed in the goo of your brethren. (laughs) Although the start of the satanic panic, one of the world's largest and longest running moral and media panics officially started in 1980 with the release of the now debunked quote unquote autobiography Michelle Remembers, The antecedents were laid in the previous decade and a half. Several factors played into what would collate into the satanic panic, including the arch hedonism of the hippie free love counterculture movement, the advent of the 24-hour news cycle, the rise of prominence of the fantasy RPG Dungeons & Dragons, the newly realized punk and heavy metal musics, the Manson murders, and of course, the devil and demonic possession films. These films were big business, playing into the fears of worried parents seeing the youth slough off traditional religious values for Eastern gurus, atheism, or even the newly formed Church of Satan. Although The Dark One had been a staple in films since film was invented, having made appearances in films like Hexen, Witchcraft Through the Ages, it was 1967's Rosemary's Baby that threw the world into major dis-ease about the plausibility that it might not be covens of masked weirdos, but in fact actually your seemingly normal next-door neighbors that are servants of the Morning Star. Following the critical and commercial success of Rosemary's Baby, a slew of fallen angel-focused features started to crop up. Films like Brotherhood of Satan, Blood on Satan's Claw, and Mark of the Devil made their way to the silver screen, 
While these drew little from Rosemary's depiction of gaslighting and the normality of evil, they did continue to stoke the flames, as it were, to keep hell hot enough, at least for the box office. These were more traditional horror films, featuring cults and Satanists, more like the AIP or William Castle films, despite the fact that, interestingly, William Castle did produce Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> of course... The dual release of The Exorcist in 1973 and The Omen in 1976, and even to a lesser degree The Amityville Horror in, in 1979, really primed the world, but specifically America, for what would become a long, and in some cases still running, moral panic. While Michelle Remembers made waves in its initial release and subsequent media tour, it was the culmination of fears in the famed McMartin preschool case that solidified the satanic panic as a full-blown media circus. Interestingly, as the satanic panic started, there were less instances of films with satanic imagery and devil worship. By the late 70s, the slasher boom was starting, and the devil was seemingly old news. While only maybe a sidestep, the demonic possession movie had its moment uh, thanks to the Evil Dead and a handful of ripoffs, but for the most part, these actually played much closer to monster movie rules, slasher tropes, and the burgeoning gross-out splatstick subgenre, well, sub-subgenre, than they do <laughs> Rosemary's Baby and its ilk. Usually, horror movies can be said to reflect the fears of the time, but in this case, it might have formed some of the opinions before becoming blasé to hardcore audiences who had a bigger bloodlust to slake. It wouldn't be really until the late 80s that Satan started to make its way back to low-budget horror in the form of haunted Ouija board movies like the Oracle, Witch Trap, <laughs> and the Witchboard series, not to mention any host of goofy straight-to-video Corman productions. But these really weren't too serious. Maybe it was because the audiences for these were the same people who were being accused of hiding messages in the back-masked records of Judas Priest and Twisted Sister. <laughs> Who's to say? But while the Pearl Clutchers were pouring themselves over Geraldo Rivera's latest expose, horror films and Phantom were making light of the whole Beelzebub thing. While most accounts suppose the Satanic Panic was more or less finished by the early 90s, which would have seemed to have been true if not for a rise of a particularly spurious conspiracy that surfaced during the Trump years, QAnon. <laughs> Q posits a religious warrior in Trump trying to take down the global elite of satanic pedophiles who regularly kept children locked up in the basement of pizza parlors <laughs> or in lockers sold by Wayfair. Sound at least uh, a little bit familiar? <laughs> I don't like this story, Uncle Greg. <laughs> I don't like it. And that has been the Devil's Reign ripoff report card. What was the Devil's Reign? Was it a pun or was it just the rain? The movie's tagline was heaven help us when the devil's reign. Was that a pun? I don't get it. Was it just they didn't know the word, but I still got the rip off report card. Amazing. A plus. A plus. Classmates of Video High and Bunkers of 237. 
<laughs> that was the devil's reign. As with all lessons here at Video High, especially on this spooky Halloween episode. We're always worried for what may be our final test. But what from the devil's reign might be on it? I give the movie an Ernest Borg 9 out of Ernest <laughs> Borg 10, but it would be better if William Shatner coins. You gotta gotta think about it (laughs) You know When I said Ernest Borgnine Was the goat man I didn't mean it like that (laughs) (laughs) IMDB says that the Other tagline for this was Absolutely the most incredible Ending of any motion picture And uh, who am I To argue with that (laughs) (laughs) I have decided to make a sneaky pro under the cover of anti-Church of Casey movie where a really boring, forgettable family tries to stop our villains from paying me to have sex with them. And <laughs> I like all the bad religions want to do. Governor Shane, do you have final thoughts? No pressure. My final thought is, in general... Exposition is not the enemy. And if you're gonna make <laughs> and if you're gonna make an extended Twilight Zone episode, it needs that helpful Rod Serling introduction. Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen. As as probably the one who least likes horror movies, I was expecting to be scared, not to be so goddamn horny. <laughs> the line is thin with horror movies that's what you need it, to learn Shane. <laughs> I might need to start watching more horror movies <laughs> imagine if you will getting horny for no reason <laughs> at a Satan movie from the 70s a queen of delight tickles your pleasures then suddenly she becomes your mom <laughs> where is that confusing boner gone well, it's gone to the Fabergé egg beneath the floorboards of Satan's chapel in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Our next lesson at Video High will be 1987's Sakura Killers with special guest filmmaker Sharif Al-Naklawi. Thank you, Seth Applebaum and Gabriella Tessitore for our theme song, Justin Ferrero for bed music, and Shearer for our logo, Mr. Philip Marlowe, our teacher. And a big thank you to our guests on this special Halloween lesson from the incredible Bunk 237 podcast, Shane Segretti and Robin Slotnick. Thank you. That's a whole episode. Thank you, guys. That was thank so you. Fun. That was so much fun. We had so much fun at school, even though we are normally at camp. When we all put our names in that book, you guys did that too, right? That wasn't right. just me. We all put our names in that book. So you guys just wrapped up season two of your podcast, right? Just wrapped up season two. Woo. Season three is coming at some point in the future. <laughs> um, Sick. You can listen to season three of Bunk 237 in January of 20... <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is good. Uh, we talk about horror movies with a guest each week. We hand out badges and we love horror movies. Shane is a behind-the-scenes guy. He edits all our podcasts. We are Bunk 
Bunk237 on Twitter and Bunk237Pod on Instagram because the person who owns Bunk237 would not give us their Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> if you're out there at Bunk237, give up that goddamn Instagram. Insta- you yeah. are a piece Randall. of shit. <laughs> what is your co-podcaster's name again? Chia. Yeah. Which we did not mention at all. <laughs> In the same way, she's our John, essentially. She's our John. We know she was there at the beginning, she's and then around. we don't know where she went. Um, but she's also lovely, and you just gotta trust me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you all can confirm, right, Greg, Casey? We can all confirm. Everyone, right? Everyone right? can confirm. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny there is a third person. <laughs> but I've been told they are lovely. In your ear. Podcast Network.